number 23. But before we, before we read um, the text, I expect that for all of us, there's a gem of wisdom that we uh, hear kind of, and we, maybe we read, we read once and we, we never forget it. One of those gems for me came from Warren Wearsby. Uh, Warren Wearsby was the uh, pastor for some time at the great Moody Church uh, in Chicago. He also ran Back to the Bible radio program. And so he was speaking in a conference uh, in Britain, and it was this question and answer session, and he was asked that if he could do anything differently in his ministry, what would he do? And so I remember reading about this interaction, kind of this question and answer. And here's what Wearsby said. He said, if I had my time over again, I would encourage God's people more. Wow. His answer, it kind of stuck with me. It just... It just stayed with me. I mean, Warren Wiersbe is one of the most encouraging people you can read and one of the most encouraging people you can actually hear if you can hear some of his sermons. He's an encouraging, wonderful man and expositor of the word. But he said, if I could do it all over again, I would encourage people more. And that is my prayer for our brand new series that we've entitled The Good Shepherd the good shepherd. We are going to see how Psalm 23 is just beautifully, it points to our reigning king and shepherd, Jesus Christ. So there are days when all of us could use some encouragement. Perhaps like me, you thought maybe last summer life was going to get a little bit more back to for sure 100% normal by now and It's not quite exactly uh, what maybe it was prior to COVID. Uh, When the the challenge to the initial lockdown, we rose to those challenges. And then we continued, of course, through the mandates. And we did that with cheerful resilience. Uh, Maybe not always cheerful, right? But but, but we kind of rose to to, to, to those occasions. But as time goes on, you find yourself, if you're not careful, jaded, tired, and even flat. The joy and the energy that maybe we usually have at the beginning of spring has maybe somewhat drained. So here we are this morning on Time Change Sunday, our favorite Sunday of the year, right? No, that's not our favorite Sunday, but here we are. And we're, we're seeking what God has for us this morning. And the good news is that the days are getting longer, at least the daylight. I love this time of year. And we need some encouragement, and we could use that. There is a reason why Psalm 23 is one of the best-known and best-loved chapters in the Bible. If I were to take a poll this morning, and I won't by raise of hand, all of us, if we've been in church in any length of time, but I would say even outside of church, people know Psalm 23. Even if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, their Savior, even if they've... Really never gone to church, they've maybe gone to a funeral, they've gone to something, and they are aware of Psalm 23. God has used this psalm to encourage his people for more than 3,000 years. My hope and my prayer for this series is is that God will use these 
familiar words to bring fresh strength. And I say familiar words because we know them. Many of us can quote them. And it's just kind of old hat if we're not careful. But I'm praying that these familiar words, these special words to me and hopefully special words to you bring on comfort and hope and encouragement for all of us. And so as we embark on Psalm 23, we're going to look at the shepherd is all we need. That's why we sang Christ is enough this morning, but that the shepherd is all we need. Psalm 23 is about what God does for his people. And like all of the Bible, it points to Jesus Christ. David said in verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. So in this series, we are going to to discover all the ways that how we belong to Christ and what, it, and what it means to belong to him. It is a marvelous thing to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. And like any one that maybe eats good, rich food, what you want to do is you want to eat it slowly. You want to savor it. You want to enjoy it. Teenagers and kids, they don't always do well with that. They just devour. But as you get a little bit older, you're like, man, I want to I enjoy this meal. And so you know what we're going to do? We're going to enjoy Psalm 23. It's six verses, and we're going to look at a single verse every single week. And we're going to go nice and slow through this. And so today, we, of course, we're going to begin with verse number one. We'll read through this chapter a couple times this morning. But the Lord is my shepherd, and David says, I'm not going to want I shall not want. But I want to point out, first of all, the word shepherd. Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, it is sometimes alleged that because most of us live in cities or suburbs, we do not know a lot about shepherds. We don't know what it contains, and we don't always grasp what a shepherd does. But even if you've never seen a flock of sheep or, or, or anything, a flock of any kind like that in your life, this psalm tells you all that you need to actually know about a shepherd and what they do. A shepherd owns the sheep and the good shepherd owns us. John 10 verse 8, 28 says, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And so This John 10 is this beautiful picture of Jesus as the shepherd. And he's like, they're in my my hands. They're they're, they're close to me. They they belong to me. A shepherd leads the sheep. We'll learn that in verses 2 and 3. The good shepherd leads us to rest and leads us into righteousness. The shepherd restores the sheep, verse 3 tells us. The good shepherd retrieves us when we're lost and restores us. When we are spent, the good shepherd protects the sheep, uh, the shepherd does, and the good shepherd protects us from evil and from our enemies. The shepherd, verse 5, feeds the sheep, and the good shepherd invites us to his table. Once his enemies, now we're seated at his table. I love that song. To feast on him, and he presents us with this overflowing cup of who he is for our lives, and the shepherd loves the sheep. And the good shepherd loves us with a love that pursues us and one day is going to welcome us into his presence. So that is where this psalm takes us. 
And that is where this series is going to go in the weeks to come leading up to Easter. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, this is a little bit too, a little too sentimental. You know, fluffy sheep, a shepherd, you know, kind of a, you know, a, a crooked staff, right? It's just a little, this is kind of like a kid's, a kid's bedtime story. But, the, but this is a psalm of David. And David knew what it was like to be a shepherd. And he did this while he was in his teen years. And it was a dangerous job. He protected his sheep from, from animals that would want to come and, and, and to kill the sheep. He, he used a sling to ultimately right, kill Goliath, but he also used that sling when he was taking care of his sheep. And so this is more than just a fluffy tale. David talks about how he fought a lion and a bear in 1 Samuel 17. Listen to this. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went af- out after him, after a, 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 a bear coming after him and a lion, and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he had defied the armies of the living God. So there's nothing sentimental at work here in the life of a shepherd. When a lion and the bear came, David stood with those sheep to protect them, and he was willing to risk even his own life. And so now David says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is how he is with me. The 23rd Psalm deals with, hear me, the realities of life. David had enemies that hunted him. His own son hated him. He lived under the constant stress of managing an entire nation. He knew about failure. David knew about fear. He knew what it was like to be discouraged. He knew what it was like to be exhausted. And so when you face difficult decisions, this psalm is for you. When you are losing heart, this psalm is for you. When you are facing enemies, when you are seeing kind of the face of evil, this psalm is for you. And one day, when you walk through the valley of death, This psalm is for you. You need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. But who's his shepherd? David says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. If if, If we don't remember a lot this morning, try to remember this. The quality of life enjoyed by any flock depends entirely on the shepherd. The quality of life enjoyed by any flock depends entirely on their shepherd. See, in the Old Testament, God appointed prophets, priests, and kings to shepherd his people. Their calling was to feed the sheep, to seek the sheep, to guard the sheep. But they didn't do a very good job. Because in Ezekiel 34, God kind of gives a review of their, uh, of their job performance. 
And it's not a very good review. God indicts the shepherds who had kind of failed at their job. We see in Ezekiel 34, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Do we not see that in our world today? In quote-unquote Christendom? of where people are just feeding themselves, they're building their own kingdoms. And then the people, oh, they're there, but they're starving to death. They're not, they're not getting like rich, rich food. Remember when we went to 1 Peter 5, we were going verse by verse through our last series? And the job, of the number one job of the pastor is to feed the flock. And so they're not doing that. They're feeding themselves. Verse 3, ye eat the fat and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The weak have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed them which was sick, neither have ye bound up them which were broken, neither have ye brought again that which strayed away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. So the quality of life enjoyed by any flock depends entirely upon their shepherd. And in Ezekiel's day, the shepherds had failed to take care of God's sheep. No one was looking for those that were strained, lost. No one cared for the sick. No one was caring for the injured. No one came to strengthen the weak. And so what happened? God says in verse number six, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. My flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them. God looked out on the lostness. God looked out on his sheep and he said, no one's doing it. And you know what I love? He says, I'll do it. I'll become that shepherd. I will go out and seek them. I will become their shepherd. I will search and seek them out. I will bring them back, those that have strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. Verse 11 says, for thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. Verse 16, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. And then when Jesus comes into the world, Jesus said in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm going to be a good shepherd. I'm going to seek, right? He came to seek and to save the lost. He was binding up the brokenhearted. Jesus was giving sight to the blind. He was healing. He was caring. He was compassionate. You know what Jesus is? Jesus is the epitome of Psalm 23, of this good, good shepherd. He also said in verse 15, And the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. We already talked about that. So in all these ways, all these ways, this psalm is about the Lord. Let's read it. You got it there? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your entire experience of life will depend on who your shepherd is. Your entire experience of life is going to depend on who your shepherd is. And David says, the Lord. The Lord. He's my shepherd. The the, the Lord. He's my shepherd. He owns me. And I am blessed because he will lead me, restore me, protect me, feed me, and love me. So you need a shepherd. And you need the Lord. He's worthy of that, to be that shepherd. But I want you to see another word here. My shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, sheep are added to a flock by being bought or by being born. That's how sheep are added to a flock. A shepherd can breed sheep or he can buy sheep. So in farming, one of these are true. A lamb is added to a flock because it has either been bought or because it has been born. But in God's flock, both are true. See, every Christian has been bought into God's flock and every Christian has been born into God's flock. See, we learn in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So you see that possession there, which are God's. But how do we get there? We are God's because we've been bought. We've been bought into the family of God. 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your father. So we've not, but then it continues to go on, but we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. First Peter tells us. Believer in Christ, do you see what the Lord has done for you? He's he's bought you. He's he's paid a price, and that price was himself. There's a show called The Farming Life, and it's about a sheep and cattle farming, and one of the uh, one of the episodes, the features of this farming kind of industry, it shows you when they're going to go buy a sheep or they're going to go buy some form of cattle. When they're going to buy something, what they go is they go and they look into, into the herds and they search for the one that they want and then they, and then they buy it. So, it can, it, so, so it's being bought. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ, he purchased you. He sought you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He sought you, and as he's seeking you, he wants to buy you and purchase you, and what he gives is himself. Remember when he said that he's the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, and Jesus said, I'm going to lay my life down for the sheep, and so you've been bought by Jesus Christ, him laying down his life. So the Lord is your shepherd, And that is why you don't want. What you need will be given to you because the shepherd has made you his own. 
having himself given the pur- having given himself to purchase you, you can be sure that he will give you all that you need. Romans 8 verse 32 says, he that spared not his own son, speaking of God, but he delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, if God's willing to give up his very own son, he's going to also take care of you. And so you've been bought into Christ's flock if you are a Christian. But you've also been born into his flock. See, for sheep, it would be one or the other. They're either bought or they're born. But for us, it is both for the Christian. 1 Peter 1.22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and the unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the spirit of God, it, it moved over your dead soul just as he moved over the dark and dead waters in the beginning. It begins to draw you. He begins to bring you to the place where you realize that you are a sinner and the Holy Spirit generates in you this desire to receive. And at that moment, you are born into the family of God. Brought you new life. But he also gives you life now. What did he say in John 10? Give you life and give you more abundantly. And so we have life, not only future life, but we are blessed with life right now. For all of your doubts and fears, for all of your unanswered questions, there's, there's su- the sustaining life that's been given to you. For all your many sins and failings, you're still loved by Christ and the Lord is still your shepherd. Having bought and bred the flock, the shepherd lives with his sheep. They are the constant focus of his care and attention. Let's read Psalm 23 again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, not only is this psalm all about the Lord, but this psalm is for believers. It's about him for you. It's beautiful. Everything in it flows from a relationship. Do you have that relationship? Do you know the shepherd? See, it flows from, 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 from who he is. And I have two aims for this series, to encourage all who belong to Christ to be able to say, I am blessed because I have a shepherd who's leading me and guiding me and loving me. But there's also for those that have maybe are resisting Christ or, or they've not quite accepted Christ as their savior yet. That they say, man, I wish that was talking about me. I wish, I, 
I, I, I wish I had that. I, I wish this was my realities. Because can I give you an anti-Psalm 23? This is a Psalm 23 for the lost. I am on my own. No one looks out for me or protects me. I experience a continual sense of need. Nothing's quite right. I'm always restless. I'm easily frustrated and then disappointed. It's a jungle. I feel overwhelmed. It's a desert. I'm thirsty. My soul feels broken, twisted, and stuck. I can't fix myself. I stumble down some dark paths. Still, I insist. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. But life's confusing. Why don't things ever really work out? I'm haunted by emptiness and futility, shadows of death. I fear the big hurts and the final loss. Death is waiting for me at the end of every road, but I'd rather not think about that. I spend my life protecting myself. Bad things can happen. I find no lasting comfort. See, the anti-psalm tells what life feels like and looks like whenever God vanishes from view. But the ironic thing is that nobody can actually take Jesus out of the way. The I am is always there. He's always, he's always present, whether, whether people acknowledge him or not. See, when you see who Jesus actually is, everything changes. When we understand, I can't wait till we get there, when we understand Easter the way Easter really is, everything changes. Nothing is the same when you see a person who actually cares and who has the abilities that you can trust, you experience his care. When you see the person whose glory you are meant to worship, then you experience this love and he loves you. The real Psalm 23 captures what life looks like and feels like when the Lord is kind of, can I just put it this way? It's like he puts his arm around you and just walks with you. That's the, that's the real Psalm 23. Back in the Garden of Eden, Satan tempted Eve by saying to her, you shall be as God. And sometimes we still struggle with that. We talk about God owning us and we're like, man, I don't want to be owned by anybody. I, I, don't, want, I don't want that. And so early on in the Garden, God, Satan comes along and says, yeah, you got all these rules. Really, it was just one rule. Can't eat of that tree. You can eat of every other tree, but not the one in the midst. So you had to do work and you had to dress and keep it. You had to take care of the garden for sure. There was rule over the, uh, uh, the Garden of Eden. But Satan comes along and he says, ah, but you want to be like God, don't you? So if you'll eat of that tree, God, God's keeping something from you. And so if you'll eat of that, you can be just like him. And there's this sinful... There's this, this, there's this fleshly thing within us, e even if we're, if we're born again. If we're not born again, and it's that sinful nature. It, it is bent towards this. But even, even as Christians, where we kind of sometimes want God on our own terms, we want his rule in our life our own way. And one of the most brazen expressions of being your own God came from act actress Shirley MacLaine. How many of you know who Shirley MacLaine is? She said this, I know that I exist, therefore I am. I know that the God source exists, therefore it is. 
Since I am part of that force, then I am that I am. Let me read what she said again. I know that I exist, therefore I am. I know that the God source exists, therefore it is. Since I am part of that force, then I am that I am. When I read those verses, when I, when I read that, my heart just sank. I felt, I felt so sorry for Shirley. Because if you, are, you, if you are your own God, that means you are completely alone. Sobering. And you know what Satan wants you to feel? Completely alone. And so you know what good, Satan likes to do? To get you to elevate yourself to God's position. And so we don't like this concept of I am, he's my shepherd. Shepherds own their sheep. We don't like this concept, especially in 2022, kind of in our, in our secular way of thinking. But nothing could be more tragic than sheep without a shepherd. See, other animals, they can do fine on their own. Deer or rabbits, they don't, they don't need to be farmed. But sheep, they need a shepherd. Left to themselves, they're soon going to be hungry. Often animals hurt them. And then ultimately, they're, they're, they're going to feed on those sheep. When Jesus saw the crowds, when he saw them scattered abroad, Jesus said, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and they were scattered abroad. Having, they were sheep having no shepherd, Jesus said. See, sheep without a shepherd will soon be in a desperate state. They're going to wander off and they're going to become lost. Their hooves will begin to rot. Their wool will begin to, to grow long. And then it grows so long, they, 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 it just leads to utter exhaustion. Wolves will come and ultimately destroy them. For sheep to be without a shepherd would be disastrous. But for sinners like us to be without a shepherd is of eternal consequences. See, a sheep without a shepherd simply just leads to death. Sinners without a shepherd leads to an eternal hell, to an eternal place apart from God, and it never, ever ends. And so the, 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 the difference here is so important. So even in the darkest valley, we can see that, that, that we need the shepherd. What a marvelous thing it is to be wholly owned by the Son of God. To know that you are his in life, in death, and forever. To know that you were bought. To know that you were born into his flock. To know that because he owns you, he will lead you. He will restore you, protect you, feed you, and love you all your life. Do you see why David was able to say, the Lord, he's my shepherd. That's why I'm not going to want. That's not why I'm going to live my life on this constant pursuit. See, David, David carried an enormous weight. The responsibility on his shoulders was to be the shepherd of the people of God. There was a massive weight with that. David was called by God in 2 Samuel 5 to literally shepherd the flock 
of God. How could he do that? How could he lead God's people? How could he, how could he restore them? How could he protect them? How could he feed them? How could David, who's been called by God to, to love them? David, how are you gonna, how are you gonna shepherd the flock of God? I believe his answer would be, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. God has called for me to be to others what he has already been for me. Think about your life. Think about the trust that God has given you. How are you, my friend, going to carry the weight of the responsibility that God has gifted you with? Caring for children. Maybe it's caring for ailing parents. You've been given the trust of your employment and all the other walks of life. The decisions you make are going to impact the lives all around you. You're a shepherd in a sense. You have, you have duties. You have, to, you have to care for things. You have to care for people. How are you going to go about that? Well, I encourage you to say that you can shepherd others because God has shepherded you. You will be able to restore and refresh others because the Lord will restore and refresh you. You will be able to provide for other, uh, others because the Lord has provided for you. You will be able to keep loving because God keeps loving you. We have a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, David says. That is the logic of faith. See, you may face hard decisions when you do not know the right way, but the Lord, he is your shepherd. He's going to lead you into the right path. You may be struck down by, by illness or a lack of strength, but the Lord, he is your shepherd. He's going to restore your soul. He's going to give you the strength that's needed. You may have enemies that are going to oppose you. First Peter, we, we spent months in it. The world is going to be against us as we live loudly for the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we going to do that? The Lord is our shepherd. He's going to protect us. What a tender and beautiful psalm. Jesus walked this himself. He is a man who looked in his humanity, looked to the Father. He said these very words and meant what he said. He entered our prediction or predicaments. He walked the valley of the shadow of death. He faced every single evil that we face. He felt the threat of the anti-psalm of our souls needing to be restored. He felt that. He looked to his father's care when he was cast down for us into the darkest shadow of death. And God's goodness and mercy followed him all the days of his life. And it carried him. And hear me, life won. Life won. And if you will embrace this the Lord is my shepherd. You will win. Hmm. You win. Oh, you're going to win in the future life. Heaven is going to be your home. 
But I'm here to tell you, you win now. Because the pursuit can cease. Because Christ is indeed enough. Oh, it doesn't mean that we don't go to work. It doesn't mean that we don't provide for our families. It doesn't mean that we don't maybe work a little overtime to pay for the high gas. Too soon? Is it too soon, right? Talk about the gas. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, I, we, we still struggle in life. But it's a big win when you have Jesus as your shepherd. When he's protecting you, loving you, caring for you. All of the things that we're going to look at as we go verse by verse through this. I kind of use today's kind of somewhat even an overview of the chapter. But Jesus, listen, when the Lord is your shepherd, you have all that you need. Is he your shepherd? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you don't today, cry out to him acknowledge before the God of heaven that you are indeed a sinner and needing of forgiveness, needing of rescue. Say, God, I am a sinner. And God, you sent Jesus and Jesus willingly laid down his life for the sheep, laid down his life for me. He did that by dying on the cross some 2,000 years ago. And you accept what he's done. You get bought into the family of God and you get born again Jesus, when he was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter number three, he said, you're never going to enter into the kingdom of God unless you be born again. Well, Jesus provides both. You get bought into the family and you get born into the family of God. And then he becomes your shepherd. And Psalm 23 and the beauties of Psalm 23 become your reality. That's why I say you win. Life one with Jesus when he walked this path and you will win in Christ in this life. We got a good shepherd. Good, good, good shepherd. And I look forward to the, the direction that the Lord is going to lead us in the weeks ahead. But if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you please, please put your faith and your trust in him for your salvation. And the realities of Psalm 23 lays us down in green pastures. Even when it's chaotic, life can be peaceful. Leads us beside the still waters. We're thirsty. He's like, no, 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 I'm enough. I'm enough. Drink from me. All of the beautiful realities of this song can be yours in Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed.